My name is Ben Colloy, and I connected with Pablo Gonzalez at PodFest 2020. It instantly, right off the bat, there were sparks of connection, and it probably was because I gave him a hug right off the bat, and from that point on, we have just been friends, and we've met on Instagram, we've done podcasts together, and Pablo is a person that easily reflects back the energy that you give the world, and he helps you feel a better human being, and he helps you connect to other people, and he teaches you how to do it as well, so Pablo is definitely a guy that I recommend to connect with. Don't forget to tell him about your podcast, bro. And my podcast is The Military Veteran Dad. Ralph Waldo Emerson said... In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I learn from him. This means every single person you ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you, and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every networking event or conference you walk into is both a library and your stage. Your network is your personal Google, and you are a part of everyone's Wikipedia. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I am your chief executive connector. Follow me as we meet people in my walks. Find out what we can learn from them, what they've learned from others, and what made them want to connect so you can learn to gain and give value to others in all of your interactions. I am terrible at asking for stuff, but if you want to do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you've learned from each episode, or at the very least, hit me up if I can ever be of service or any kind of value to you. Now, without further ado, let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. My name is Pablo Gonzalez. I am your Chief Executive Connector. And today I have a guest that I am super pumped to have on. He is somebody that I met recently at a conference. And I think within three minutes, we were giving each other bro hugs. He is a speaker. He's a coach. He is the host of the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, which we're going to talk a bunch about. And his gift, what he does for people, he gives people words to understand emotions they've understood they haven't been able to understand for a long time a supremely supremely nice guy if you don't like this guy stop listening right now immediately my buddy ben Kaloy. how you doing ben never been better thank you for having me i'm pablo and funny you mentioned that super nice guy because a couple times there's been a few people have been like ben is like the nicest marine i've ever met or ben is just like the nicest midwestern guy that you've always known or you've always wished you've known like i've felt like it's just something that's kind of followed me but i've never really stepped into that full idea until the last few years hey man i think it's 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 hard to miss how how undeniably likable you are and speaking of things that are hard to miss i completely miss saying that you're a veteran in in the intro you're a a marine veteran and i think that that is not something to be taken lightly man so i figured i'd add that in there appreciate it yeah man so ben my format of my podcast right one of my big thesis in life is that you build rapport with people the quickest through two ways you share a vulnerability with someone and you add value to their life. I'm sure you're going to add a ton of value here to the audience, but let's start with the vulnerability piece. What is, what is the hardest part of being Ben Kaloy right now? I would say the hardest part of being Ben Kaloy right now is for four years, I've been on a journey of growth, freedom, going in, inward on myself, figuring out what it is that makes me Ben Kaloy. And I'm kind of at a crossroad. It's because on January 27th, my position at work was eliminated. So one path that I was on, which is the normal standard path that most people are on, was completely removed. And I had always had the dream of being an entrepreneur, but then I was thrust into this idea of being an entrepreneur. And it's always what I've wanted. I want to be a stay-at-home dad. I love being a dad. I have three kids, eight, five, and three. So like this is the best time to be a dad. So I was extremely gifted by this idea of, of losing my job because I got to be more of a dad. Then coronavirus hit, and as I go through the next wave of my life, I am left with this decision. Do I try to go into and create my best life, or do I try to add a little bit more stability to the family when we don't have a lot of certainty, and, and even tomorrow we don't have hardly any uncertainty at this time? Like that decision of trying to decide to go all in versus trying to be a little bit safe but starve the fear at a more controlled level 
or just say like starve the complete fear, just make it well, almost without oxygen. So it goes without and just go all in and try to make it, uh, make it a thing because I'm at that point, do I live my best life right now? Or do I have to tell myself that taking that full all in is a little bit further down the road right now? That is such a universal moment that you're in, right? Like, are you, how much are you? I will judge it for years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's never going to go away, right? As an entrepreneur, I can tell you, man, it's never going to go away. You're, you're constantly going to have that equation in your mind because anybody that is, if you are not one of these, like, I've always needed to be an entrepreneur because I can't get along with anybody kind of person. (laughs) Um, you're you then you're the other side of entrepreneur which is a supremely talented person that can do very well inside a company but you're just not totally fulfilled and that option mm-hmm. is always going to be there for you mm-hmm. so what so tell me a little bit about your past then what what um tell me a little bit about your your career how you joined the military you know what what you what your what your professional life has been up until now and and, and so, what 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 wait. made you what made me so it, my very first defining moment as I kind of called them or the day that changed it all was I was originally going to go into the Air Force because I wanted computers and I thought the Marine Corps was a bunch of grunts they just shot stuff up didn't want that didn't want to be on a boat didn't was interested in the army and I just wanted computers so I was like let's take the easiest road I was ready to join the Air Force recruiter came out and the day that changed it all was a church picnic where the Marine recruiter had a bouncy house and I didn't even, I was still I was too afraid to talk to him he's an intimidating person but my mom wants to make sure that I'm exploring all my options. So she goes up and starts talking to him and then pulls me over. And next thing you know, I find out the Marine Corps has all the other jobs that all the other branches do. Turns out he was number one recruiter three years in a row in Wisconsin. So I was really screwed from the moment I said hello. And I talked to him in the guidance counselor's office that Tuesday. And two weeks later, I was raising my right hand for the Marine Corps. And I would have been voted least likely to join the Marine Corps. I didn't look like your standard candidate. I was overweight. I could barely run. I couldn't do a pull-up. And that was kind of like where I took the hard road that I've never traveled. And I actually, it was probably completely scary, similar to this situation. I've been using that moment as a lot of reflection back to the answer my, of my current fear. And that forced me into leaps and bounds to grow emotionally, to figure out what I was made of, and left a lot of seeds in my life that I didn't necessarily figure out how to come back and water till almost 10 years after getting out. I got out in 2007. I did my time in Okinawa got a really well-rounded view of the world from Asia. I went to Korea, the Philippines, Australia, fell in love with learning other perspectives and worldly culture. And for being a farm guy from Wisconsin, like I was the first person to leave the country with a passport. So that's something that we, I had to grow into. And, but then I also fell in love with it. Got out of the Marine Corps, got a job at working. I was a generator mechanic in the Marine Corps, worked on generators, had probably three different jobs within that company, kind of just kind of moving and following my curiosity Went to about four years there. I went to another place where I was let go just recently. Was there for eight years. Started in tech support. Ended up in marketing. And through most of that, what I re- realized I was doing was I was always drunk on my curiosity. I didn't realize it what I was doing. But what I was doing was I was just continuing to follow what made me curious. And I was moving from gap to gap. I would very quickly see a gap in business that others couldn't see. And I could self-teach myself that gap really quickly. And then I could also help close it. Like my brain was always in problem solving mode, always in action. And I always wanted to help. And so most of my career was always from gap to gap to gap. Like if you look at my resume, you don't actually see a linear fashion. You look like it's just this random fashion of tech support, electrical, troubleshooting, IT work, marketing, trade shows, like those normally wouldn't belong on a resume. But that's exactly what my resume looks like. Because I was going from gap to gap and I'm a very well-rounded person, but I don't necessarily have the full depth of someone that was like spending their entire career in one career field. But then that also makes me more empathetic to more people because I've had to relate to a lot of different people's. I've been there. I've seen their world, even just being able to to empathize with someone in accounting. Like that's a very useful skill because not many people understand accounting. Not many people understand it and most people don't speak marketing. So all of those different things make me more of a well-rounded individual and it kind of helped figure out where I was, but then it also left me with something that I felt like there wasn't, I wasn't doing something. So if I go back a little bit, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I got out because I felt like I wasn't going to reach my full potential. I had no idea what that was, but I can consciously remember that thought that if I continue this path, I wasn't going to reach my potential, but I had no idea what that was at the time. 
And then I just went on the corporate plan and got lost for about 10 years. And it wasn't until I dropped out of the College of Engineering, about six months after that, my grass had dried up. I went to a seminar on leadership and it ignited leadership inside me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I loved leadership in the Marine Corps and I just forgotten it. And so that really sparked this self-growth journey. And then about four years ago, I just started trying to figure out a side hustle, as they're called, and just started putting in the reps on different things like writing, blogging, networking, podcasts, or being on other podcasts. But I wasn't clear on anything, but I was just putting reps in the gym trying to figure out what I needed. And then a year over, a little over a year now, I've had my podcast, that all aligned towards when I spoke to a military spouse at an event and I was talking about how dads come home physically, but they don't come home mentally. And I put her in tears because her husband was that person. And I realized like my voice helped her feel that and I could help others feel that as well. And that was September of 2018 and I launched January 1st of 2019. And I haven't looked back since and I've loved my mission even more. I fell in love with fatherhood more. And I've even bring it able to bring out my voice, which is something that I've learned to honor more as part of my being. Like I podcasted for an entire year with one episode a week, but then I started doing some solos and I realized like I actually have more to say than I have airtime to say it. So on January 1st of this year, I actually started uh, Fatherhood Friday. And that Fatherhood Friday, uh, my Fatherhood Friday is now a, a show that just me on the microphone where I fall in love with my voice even more. Not like in a way that, but I love stepping into it and being able to figure out what resonates and what comes through, but that enriches me as well. So that's a little bit of long-winded answer, but that's kind of like my story in a nutshell. So much to unpack there, man. <laughs> like you said so many things that I resonate with. The first thing, you know, the number one thing that I resonate with what you're saying there is this idea that, and, and I kind of alluded this to on the, on the entrepreneur thing, right? Like there is the entrepreneurs that, need to be an entrepreneur because they can't get along with anyone else. But now I see the people that are just highly emotionally intelligent and are able to do multiple things tend to be unsatisfied when they are not using kind of all of it and, and, and moving forward. Right. So it, so it has this draw to entrepreneurship and one of the most valuable things that you've identified, which to me in my life has been valuable is the ability to cross sectors and be a translator, right? To be a conduit to be for, that, for language. Correct. A conduit for language, man. I think that's so, you know, I, for me as a networker, that that's where I think all the value comes. It's my ability to touch all these different points and then bring it back to somebody and tell them what I learned from that, that you can use. And it sounds like that's worked really well in your career. Can I ask you something, man? As a Marine, what, did, do you, when you look back as a Marine, being this like super nice guy that, doesn't look like a typical Marine. D did that outsider perspective and were you already using that like conduit for language skill set then in a totally different environment? No, I would say I wasn't understanding how to do it myself. So not being the poster board Marine and not feeling like I was, I could feel safe for that vulnerable moment that you, like you can feel now if, if you were to have a conversation because like a, a good example is Extreme Makeover was something that I loved watching when I was in Okinawa because that's what AFN had on the TV network. And when the bus moved every time, I would cry. Like it was almost a constant. Like the bus moves, that emotional experience, I would cry. Now it wasn't sad. It was just tears of joy, but I couldn't necessarily help it. Well, my door was always closed. And like, so there was just parts of me that I didn't necessarily feel like I could be me with. And I mean, my personality was there, but even going back to high school, the one thing that I was always trying to do was fit in and to be liked, but then also just figure out what I needed to do to have friends, like friends, not having friends or that true feeling of like, this person values exactly who I am. That was an underlying current within my personality. And it, I wasn't, I was probably good at problem solving. I had the perspective and I could do different things and I could learn really quickly. But I would say it was a very scattered toolbox that wasn't cohesively working way. I mean, it was probably if you looked at it from the business point of view without a person like, oh, Ben's really good at doing all that. But I really wasn't good at yet channeling it inward on my own life yet. So at what point did you, you referenced something that you've talked to me about before that you have become the friend that you wish that you had. So I hear a Marine that yet wasn't comfortable in their own skin. And then I've talked to you about having become this friend that you wish that you had. 
Talk to me about that transformation. So essentially that, the, so I got out in 2007 and I was probably like 24 and a few years later I got married. And then a few years later we had our first kid. And so that was just kind of the default American life if that everybody subscribes to, but nobody really consciously subscribes to it. And then at, at 30, it really hit me that it was like my first midlife crisis. And I was like, I don't think there's going to be anybody at the end of, the end of my life that's going to care whether I live the next 30 years or not or even cared that I lived the first 30. And that pit really hit me hard because like that you want to feel connected. And most people don't talk about this feeling that you, the, the human desire, the human natural desire to have a conversation that's one-to-one in person. It's that one-to-one coffee that you have at Starbucks with someone. You come away with that feeling like a million bucks, but nobody really talks about when you don't feel like that. And that's where I was. And a few years later after that, someone gave me some brilliant advice that, it was another turning moment that if you want a result in your life you never had, you need to do something you've never done. Well, for me, I was like, okay, let's apply it to this problem. I don't have friends. Okay, so what are the, some of the processes to have friends stick in my brain like a, like a business? Well, you first need to talk to people. I was like, okay, I've always been afraid to do that because in high school, I would get rejected asking girls out. So like every person was that high school girl that was going to say no. And so I was like, okay, well, that's not going to get me through this problem. So let's get rid of that. And I started with the, the safest place that I could with Dads of the Park. And for me, that Dads of the Park was a safe place. And it, the crazier part is, like, there was always dads there, and I was always afraid because I just figured they wanted to play with their kids if they didn't want to talk to another dad. But the exact opposite was true. They were just waiting for someone to go first. And, like, literally, I, my journeys, like, my, one of my biggest moments is going back to Dads of the Park. And, like, the third dad that I talked to was a veteran. We're still friends today. And from that moment, it took it to like grocery stores to randomly say hello, to just have a conversation to airports, airplanes. It had so many random moments where hello, I could have literally sat next to someone that we had an instant common bond bond with, but never would have known that unless I was saying hello. So like that pivotal point to fill that gap of that friendships to almost remove that undercurrent of the friendships, kind of manipulating my personality and not letting me be myself was just being confident and stepping into friendships and saying hello like that. It sounds so simple and stupid, but a lot of what you feel is like, if you're out there and you're resonating and you you feel a little bit empty, a lot of that is because you need human connection and human connection starts with the simplest step of saying hello. I love it, dude. I love it. That's right in line with a lot of the stuff that I, one of the, one of the big things that I talk about at networking events, it's just that there's always, there's always people looking down at their phones or someone that's looking lost and the best favor that you can give them is just saying hi and introducing yourself to them. Cause most people are stay active, at least in the U S for sure. Right. Like people act standoffish a lot cause they just don't want to look like a chump that doesn't have something better to do, but mm-hmm. people are generally looking for connection. And, and as long as you genuinely just say hi without any kind of expectations, people will engage, man. So kudos to you for, for starting off at the park and, and, and figuring that piece out, man. So, you overcome that fear, right? Like you overcome the fear of being the kid that's rejected. You start saying hello. You st- how did you start in making content, right? Like you, you at first said that you started getting a bunch of reps in with blogging and then before, before getting into podcasts. What made you, you want to start making content and putting that stuff out? So it's that if I take the steps to the side hustle, I first was like, what do you do for a side hustle when you, when you're really good at anything, like anything I put my mind to, I would fall in love with. I have fallen in love with doing customer satisfaction surveys. I've fallen in love with doing power BI business data analytics, like everything I put my mind to, I fall in love with. I was like, how do you pick one thing? And then there was, I was, I don't remember how it came to me. And I was like, you know what kind of takes everything? A life coach. I was like, you kind of need a perspective on everything. And like a well-rounded life coach is something that's valuable. I could be that. So I was like, this is it. So I, had everything. I was going to call it your reflection coaching. I was going to reflect back what they couldn't see about themselves, but I didn't really know the who. I didn't know who I was going to help. And I was just past the, oh, I'm going to be a life coach part. About a month later, I was reading a Tom Clancy novel and I didn't even like it. I didn't even finish the book, but it gave me this pivotal point that got me to where I am today that there was a Marine at Owens Cemetery visiting a, a fallen comrade. And I was like, you know what? I could help marines or military like that moment of reading that moment a book helped me visualize like i could be a life coach for veterans and so i launched true purpose for life is what it was called but again i it didn't feel like fully aligned in my heart it just felt like the next right step and that 
what I, so I, I launched a website, but, and then my main thing, like, because I didn't really have a clear who that I was talking to every time, one of the simplest things that I would do is I would meditate every night. I would pull up my call map, I would meditate, and then I would just write about 800 to 1,000 words of whatever felt right in my heart, whatever struggle I was going through. I would just be in that moment. And one of the earlier is like the, one of the best reps that you can put in if you don't have all this clear is just getting used to putting your emotions to words. Like that process in your head to take a feeling inside, put it into words and just keep doing it, like that will produce results. Whenever you're ready to point that laser beam at something, you will be more ready than you were if you just waited to find what to point at. So I, I'm so happy that I started writing early on. I even published a book on Amazon just for the understanding of how to do it. I didn't, it wasn't perfectly clear. I didn't have a full who, how to do it, but I just did it because I wanted to understand that process. And so I did it. So all of that helped get me ready for when that one moment when the universe aligned and identified, I'm going to start the military veteran dad podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. And, and it seems like in full disclosure, right. I listened to that military. I, I listened to your, a couple of episodes of your podcast. Cause I liked you, right? Like I, I'm not a dad. I'm not a veteran. I, I, I didn't, you know, I'm not somebody that glorifies the, the military in any other way outside of the person that I meet. I, I, I love and, 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 I, and I'm into that. Right. So like, it wasn't really my niche, but starting to listen to it, man, the way that you, the way that you are able to pull perspective from all the different dads and give each person that you are talking to advice based on this like big body of data that you now have in your head and you can recontextualize and translate for people. I found really compelling. It was like a, it was like a mixture between like child psychology leadership and, and, and growth, right? Like, I, 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 I think it's amazing, man. How did, I don't even know where I'm going with the question. I just wanted to get that out there because I was so impressed by it all. But, but tell me how, how has your, how has the military veteran dad experience of you, you finding that calling? Tell me how that has evolved. Well, I think like for me, I always wanted to start a podcast, but I didn't know the what. So going back to like, how, what do you pick a podcast? I had four ideas for a podcast. None of them related. One of them was like trade show, heart-centered leadership, the dad thing. I don't remember what the fourth one was. I wrote them down. So they're all still in my incubator for something later in life. But I was like, what do you do? And so like what I realized as I've started doing podcasting, podcasting is almost, when you first start, it's less about the listener. I mean, it's good if someone listens and helps. It's like, it's, it's available. There's nothing wrong with that but it's more about your own growth. Like being a podcaster, it, podcasting is such a vehicle for growth because every conversation you have, especially if it's an interview show, you, your life is enriched every single time. And that muscle is extremely valuable to have enriched because it gets stronger, you get perspective, you get used to saying the same things, you get feedback from someone because you've said a lot of different things and you figure out what sticks, what doesn't stick. And honestly, like one of the best things that I learned about podcasting podcasting is like one of the guests i think kirby ingles i'm not sure which episode number it was but i wasn't searching for this but he brought this conversation of legacy and family is our legacy to the point where that episode has changed the entire focus of my podcast in every episode i talk about legacy and it's even added to my logo at the bottom it says our family is our legacy and so the best part of podcasting is you're i'm exploring the curiosity that is this space it is people's mindset it's people's lives and you can just take a lot of that perspective and then apply it to your own life, but then allows your, your voice just to grow stronger and confident like fatherhood Friday. I would have, I would have been scared to death to do that back in January of last year. Now, I mean, it was, it was almost a no brainer for me to do it now. And it doesn't scare me. I publish regularly without having to worry about that fear. So it's just a good, beautiful exercise at growing through that process. And so many of those conversations, I, I continue to use sound bites from those different conversations that other people have given me. It's like, it's not just all my words, it's advice that everybody has kind of put into this melting pot. I just happen to be the guy trying to pull out the right piece of paper for the right moment for the right person. And my brain's very abstract. I kind of always used to describe it as MacGyver. Like I was always very good at pulling random things and doing random things with it. And my friends used to call them cloyism. So that's something I bring into my brand that my random way to put something together is called the cloyism. But all of that just gives your voice that much power. And to kind of wrap it up, like there's one thing that I always talk about with voice and podcasting. And it's evident when you go to Washington, D.C. 
So when you go to Washington, D.C., all over the entire like downtown area, there are words memorialized in stone forever. Those words were spoken just like words in this conversation. The one difference is their muscles were stretched further to the point where they understood how to give them power, but then also how to move mountains for people. And podcasting helps your voice really connect with in a way like every episode I publish, my voice gets stronger and I can move bigger mountains for people. That's the power of podcasting. And you can get to the point where you're rivaling people at Washington, D.C. because they're both, you're both human beings. You both just had different experiences. But when you take your voice, your mess, turn it into your message, like you can literally move mountains for people. And that's what I love about podcasting. And it's literally put me into a space where I get more excited about my future every day. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You know, like I, again, super resonate with everything you're saying. I, I believe that I'm similarly addicted and I'm, and I'm newer on this podcast journey, but I've, I've been addicted to the whole, how many conversations can I have with how many people? Because every single time it's the ability to, to learn something new. And then once I started experimenting with content and putting it out there, right. Cause when, after going from the one-to-one version of podcasting, which is just networking, making the content and putting out, I've realized that it creates all these other externalities because all of a sudden now somebody can learn something from you when you're sleeping and or where you're a a thousand miles Mm -hmm. away. Can you tell me a little bit about externalities that have come out of you putting this stuff on record and, and, and you etching it in stone the way that these monuments have and memorializing these conversations? And you brought up the content again, and I realized I didn't maybe fully answer that question. So for me, I I just started by those blogs, but then I just kept going. I just kept doing it. And it was just leveling up when I started a podcast. Like I wasn't starting from zero. Like I'd already gotten used to the written word. I was just putting it into a different word. And so when you, when you have a podcast about some like very tender topic, like this topic is, I mean, I talk from, I've taught interviewed spouses of, of they've actually lost their husband to suicide. I've interviewed Marines that have actually taken their or tried to take in their own life and they've survived their own suicide. So there's a great spectrum of dads that are within this realm that I'm trying to help. And so I've had, I have iTunes reviews of spouses saying that they have their husband because they first started listening to this podcast. I listen. I just was talking to a, a gentleman this morning and his wife introduced him to the, my podcast and he immediately started crying when he first heard one of the episodes I have an email from a Vietnam veteran saying, and it was a simple episode on emotions, 20 minutes. I didn't consider it anything game-changing, but for him it was. It was five paragraphs, and he essentially said, if I would have had your, your, your podcast episode 30 years ago, I would have been a better dad. And it's something that can happen when you start, you can almost get isolated from your voice as well. Like you, my, my vulnerability muscles is on so often, I don't really realize it's impact sometimes because I'm just speaking from the heart. It doesn't really, it's not much work for me to speak from the heart anymore. And something that I consider simple can be something major for someone else. And that's the, that little feedback resonates in a way that you just want to keep going because you realize that you're, you're pulling people out of a pit that often doesn't seem like there's a light. And when you find your voice, like you can be that light that pulls someone out of that darkness that they've been standing in. I love it, man. I love it so much. Yeah. And, and, and you do it through repetition, right? Like you do it by, like you said, you, you took action, you started publishing a blog and then it's, it, it eventually evolved. And now you're a skilled communicator that who's moving mountains and, and, and changing people's lives. I think it's really incredible, man. And I really commend you for what you're doing, man. Really cool. So let's, uh, let's talk about how do we meet? So it's and this is an awesome story as well because we were at Podfest and when we met at Podfest, I don't I think you were around the same group of guys that I was and it was loud. It wasn't likely to have a conversation, but I'm not going to shy away. And so I remember seeing you and I remember walking up and saying hello. So this was something uh, I was already good at, but like we instantly had a spark there and like that conversation, that random hello in a un. Like it wasn't a perfect environment, but success doesn't happen under perfect conditions. Good reminder of that. We've talked. This is the second time we've talked now. We've messaged each other. You've listened to my podcast. I've listened to yours. Like that all happened. That beauty, whatever happens from this friendship, happened because I said hello. And it, it 
I can't tell you how often that power of hello has changed. There's like one of my, like one of my very first like stories that I love sharing. I was at a, uh, a newcomer reception for a trade show and there was this guy facing away from me. He had a beer all by himself and I was in this kind of like, okay, I got to figure out how to talk to people mode. And I was still, I would say practicing. So I was at little like no vice uh, or yeah, no vice method. And I walk up and say, hello. He turns around and his name was Ben. And my name is Ben. I was like, well, if that's not a sign from the universe that we need to be best friends, I'm not sure what is. But that, like, I could have missed that moment, but I had to say hello for it. And like all of that comes from when you just say, I have a mantra that I live by now that you're always one conversation away from something amazing and you will miss 100% of those shots you don't take. So every time you choose no versus hello, you're missing out on the opportunity that could change your life. Like I have no idea where our friendship will go but I always have the idea that it could always change either one of our lives if we continue to show up and be friends. I couldn't agree more, man. I think people go to these conferences and they are so like fixated with the content on stage and they're, and they're thinking that they're going to gain something from something that they could have learned on YouTube when really it's exactly what you just said. Every conversation that you have is a potential black swan moment that could totally change your life. I went to two workshops at PodFest and it wasn't <laughs> until the very last day. Every other moment I was around talking to people or just sitting down and maybe it was two hours I would spend talking to someone because you just never know where someone needs a friend. And when you're at the bottom, when you've been at the bottom, you can recognize it in someone else's face when they need that friend. And there's some, in one of my early blog posts that I wrote to myself, it was called, why am I worth it? So it was a context of a close friend that I wanted to remind myself why I was worth it. But again, it's me writing it. So it's, it shouldn't be anything I don't know about myself. But all of a sudden, I'm writing, like, early in life, you think all these people in high school that pushed you down, all of that bullying, all of that nonsense is holding you back. That's why you can't get to where you feel you're supposed to be in your heart. But early in life, people pushed you down so that later in life, you could pull people up. And that hit me like a two-ton wrecking ball. And I was like, where the hell did this come from? Like, this is me writing it. But that gave everything that happened purpose. And now I can see it in others. And that's why I show up to others, to myself, five years ago that needed a friend, because I know what that feeling was like. I've been there and I can't, I love helping be that reaching hand that helped pull people up now. I love it, dude. I do the same thing at conferences, by the way. If I go to like one or two sessions, that's a, a lot. Win. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what college was for me too. So the other thing I like to, the other thing I like to ask people is what made you want to stay in contact with me, right? Like you say hi to a lot of people. Um, what made you want to continue the relationship? I would say this is something that when you first get into networking, and you, you've talked about it when you had your, I think it was your five event conference where you kept re r and the process at each conference because you could read a book on network and you, networking and you have like, okay, I've got the blueprint. You go in and then you have all these business cards at the end and then life happens and then you're like, oh, I don't have time to follow up on these business cards. And then you feel like crap. And that process kind of repeats itself, but it's all part of the process. So I would say the fortunate part of our relationship is I already had kind of gone through that. And I've been to those conferences. You didn't follow up on all the gold that is those contacts. But as you go through and grow through all that process, you gain confidence in yourself. And I think a lot of what happens in that early networking isn't necessarily like life happens and you choose not to. You make a choice in your head. And I know I made probably this choice as well. You choose that you're not worthy of that follow-up, that He's probably, he's at his level, I'm down here. He's not going to want to talk to me. He, we just connected because we were conveniently together. But as you find your voice, you find your passion, you find your purpose, you recognize that you are on equal playing fields. You are both human beings and you're both just looking for genuine human connection. So I think that's what, and, you, and once you get more into that mode and you validate and you know who you are and you can bring that out and you believe in it, that's something else that's important you got to believe everything inside versus just saying it as well that allows you to just step into a conversation and very rarely am i i mean i even spent a lot of energy when i got back this time making sure i had everybody on instagram followed and that i sent them a voicemail and i sent them a follow-up email because i'm not scared of who i am anymore i believe in myself just as much as anybody else does and i can do that now but there's a lot of early shooting that you do in yourself like I'm not, I shouldn't do that because I'm not his level. He's just going to get annoyed and you're going to move on and you take the easy road and you go back to your, your, your life that you're on. But, and it's probably part of the process. You probably got to go through that, but you really just have to be aware of it. So that way you can keep forcing the resistance in the path that you want to go through. 
I love it, man. And, you know, another another vote for content that I want to put out there is the fact that I love the fact that when I go to a podcasting conference, the easiest way to follow up with anybody is hit them up saying, hey, man, what's your favorite episode of your podcast? And then you can get to know that person a little bit more without having to, you know, really be in their face or be along the way. And you can really sift through the relationships that you build. So I think that people need to be conscious of the fact that if you take the time, whether you're a person or a business, to make content around yourself and the people that you know in conversations, it allows people to get to know you better and makes it easier for them to follow up with you and, and have a conversation, right? Like after our initial conversation, because it was so loud and because, you know, like I, I was just kind of, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. I just knew you were a super nice guy, but I'm like, oh, he's a military veteran dad. How much do we have in common? I don't know. But I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast and I'm yeah. like, wow, this guy and me are like twinsies. I love this guy. <laughs> so so it worked out really well, man. Um, cool. So you ready for the uh, rapid fire section of this um, of the podcast? Bam, bam, bam. I'm ready. But Marines are you're not allowed to put your rifle on automatic. You always have to keep it on semi for the very important reason that like you you should never waste three bullets on a target because you should be good enough to hit it with one. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm ready for semi-automatic, but I'm not sure I'm ready for automatic. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a real semi here. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite restaurant in your favorite city and what dish do you get there favorite restaurant and favorite city actually i'm gonna maybe this is the first thing that comes to mind there is a restaurant in prague so where i worked the headquarters was in prague i've been there eight times now and there is a small bar off beaten street in uh i can't think of the name but maybe i'll think of it by the end of the story and they serve something called porkney and there's really nothing like it in the United States, but it's the knee of the pig. And they do it in such a slow, like they cook them all day in the roaster. You can visualize it. It is like, I can visualize the memory of it today and it's nothing like we can have. And it's amazing. And the hard part is like, it's a good big touristy meal over there. So for like every 10 you have, you probably find one good one, but I just stopped trying and I only go get them from here. But knee of pork, if anybody's been to Europe, they know probably what I'm talking about, but a good pork meat, that was just something that was, oh, it's amazing. And I miss it now that I, I don't go anymore. Dude, there. this is exactly why I asked this question. Like, you don't remember the name of this restaurant? So that people, if they're in Prague, by the way, Prague is an unbelievable city, wonderful city. You don't remember the name of the restaurant or the street it's on or anything like that? No. Oh, all right. It all starts right. with a K. It's like, oh, man. I feel right. bad now. All right. You're going to have to follow up with it, though, man. Get it, get it, get it back out. Um, what content are you most into right now? Like, is there, is there a, a specific podcast you're listening to or a book that you're really into or somebody that you're following that, that, that you really like and, and why? I would say the content that I'm in right now is, or like the idea that I'm growing through right now is really understanding how to step into your masculine powers, the man. It's something that I never really understood. Or I never felt comfortable with the definition that I was like, I could resonate with. And it's only in this winter that I went through some self-reflection of like, in order to step into your masculine power, you need to love the person that looks in the mirror, but you have to love not just the good of what you see. You have to love the bad and the ugly of everything that's in your life because everything that's happened has made you exactly who you are, whether you want to be where you are today, it's made you who you are today. And all of that makes you a very genuine, interesting person. And you really need to love all of that. that. But you can't really step into your strong masculine power until you can do that. And that's been something that I've been working through. And even through coronavirus, I'm on a 75 hard challenge. So I'm taking this 75 hard as kind of like a transformation because the outside of me never really matched what I saw on the inside. And so I'm really on this last, not probably the last, I'm sure I'll have a next journey, but this one part that's been holding me back of when I look in the mirror, I want to be able to love everything that I love about me inside and make sure that they match. So that's really where I've been diving into. So who are you learning that from? Like what, what, um, is there, is there an author? Is there a, is there a influencer out there that speaks well about this? Like if somebody wants to learn that, where, where, where can they get good content on that? I would say the content that really shifted my focus was there was a Tony Robbins uh, ultimate relationship program that he offers. It's a 10 day program. I think it's like $300. You don't have, it's just something you download on your mobile phone to watch and listen. And that program, when you, he has, uh, he has like videos of like hour and a half transformations at his seminars where like one couple is getting the focus of their attention. 
and you see the transformation happen right there. Like you don't think there's any way this couple can get through it. And then they do. And all you really realize is all it took was for the man to step into his masculine energy and to receive the wind or the emotions that his wife was bringing them and not be triggered by it, but show strength during that to make, to, to show that you're not running. And I was like that I want in my life. And so that's been something that I've been working on pursuing. Perfect. I perfect. do have the name of that pub. Yes. Prague. So it is in the, I'm not sure what they, the, the, the city of Karlin, which is also in Prague. It's a little bit side of it. And the pub is Karlinska Pivnice. It's in the back. It's a little bit further back from it, but it's Karlinsky Pivnice. Spell it up. Uh, Karlinsky is K-A-R-L-I-N-S-K-A, and then space and P-I-V, or P-I-V-N-I-C-E. And it's in Karlin. Best pork knee you'll see in Prague. Pork knee. You heard it here. All right. I made Let's, sure to star all the good places in Prague on my Google Maps so that I could always make sure I could find them because you'll always find a random pub in somewhere and you're like, oh, this is really good. But then you go back the next time, you're just like, where was that again? So I, I started making sure I always Google mapped them. Such a good tip, man. I do that too, right? I, I star the, the restaurants that I like whenever I go places. And then I use it as, I like to, I, I call it the concept of being a tour guide, right? Like I, I like having lists of places that I've been yeah. so that if I ever know anybody that's doing something, I can always just like, it's an easy, like, Hey man, you're going there here, check all this out. And it's like, building one of the most awkward things in human relationships still is okay. You got eight people. Where do you want to go for dinner? Uh, and no one really wants to say anything. Everybody has all these opinions. No one really wants to make a decision. So if you have a, if you can create a tool in your life to help ease that through yeah. and have these ideas or know the resources or know how to even work the Google review process of like, oh, quickly pick and blah, 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 bang and pick one. That's a good skill to have in, uh, in friendships and just large groups in general. That's a good piece of content, by the way, how to work the Google review process by Ben Kaloy. <laughs> My man. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer think is true? I'm not sure if I was aware of it in my 20s, but I was definitely living it. So there has been a story that I didn't realize that I was living, but I was using it to govern the limitations of how I saw my life. And growing up on a farm, growing up, not having a lot of friends, not being connected with city kids, not having that life where you can just ride your bike down the sidewalk and go to someone else's house. But being isolated from that, that really kind of just, I never could feel like I could feel comfortable yet. And there was a story of that essentially I figured out late, like through this reflection of my period now that I was essentially living the life that I thought I was just a dumb farm boy from Wisconsin that I was never going to do anything important. And that underlying theme and story was triggered by a thousand different events at work. I would avoid conflict like the plague. I would be afraid to really do anything that was going to rock the boat. And now my mindset is I'm a farm boy from Wisconsin who's going to help change the world. But those are two different sides of that story, but I've had to rewrite it and step into it, but then also start to take actions to make it come true. Awesome. Very cool. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten or what's your favorite piece of advice you'd like to give people? I think the best piece of advice that I've gotten is the one where I realized the friendship because it's applied to so many different areas that no matter what area in life you feel you're lacking, when you look at it from a point of view, if there was a result in that category that you haven't had, that is dependent on the actions you take. And so if you, then you need to start doing something that you've never done. Most people, and including me, had never really considered like, if I want these certain things to happen, keep doing the same steps, producing the same result that is not the one that I'm happening. Like that awareness is a big monumental shift because then you realize you can step into your power and take new action to produce new results. And kind of just doing that on a, like a very rapid level is like the process of entrepreneurship, failing quickly, learning from success and pivoting. Like if you haven't had success as an entrepreneur, that means you probably haven't tried hard enough or tried enough different things to produce a different, different result. And that's, it's actually kind of interesting. I never actually put it together. So in generator mechanics, you have to troubleshoot a lot, wiring, electrons, everything that's in there. I always troubleshoot like an equation. And I would always isolate one variable in the algebraic equation at a time and try to change the outcome. Like, oh, what if 
this happens, does it change the state of what's happening? A little bit of that is like that, uh, that piece of advice that you want to try troubleshooting one variable at a time, tweak that variable until in, and see if it affects the outcome. If it's not, not, well, then leave that variable alone. Start focusing on a different variable until that outcome starts changing on the right side of the equation. But it's all part of the same process of just start doing things to get different results. I love it, bro. That's awesome. So before I ask the last question, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where to find you, right? I'm going to link in the show notes, militaryveterandad.com, militaryveterandad.com blog, your Instagram at Ben underscore Kaloy, Instagram at Military Veteran Dad, Twitter, Ben Kaloy, Facebook page at Military Veteran Dad. But what's the, what's the best place to get in contact with you? Or, or, or where, do you, where do you want people to go, right? Like Instagram is the best place to get in touch with me, at Ben underscore Kaloy. I've, when I first started Instagram, as being like a 35-year-old guy, I always miss Facebook, but I understand the value, especially at PodFest. I really was able to step into the value of Instagram. So Instagram is the best place to get in touch with me. And I'm always willing to have a conversation because a conversation can change your life. And if you need a friend in your life, I'm always willing to be that friend to show up in whatever way you need in your life to give you reflection. Sometimes it's just energy. Sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes you just need someone else to reflect back the excitement of potential they see in yourself that you often don't able to see in yourself either. Awesome, man. And I also want to recommend that, was it the Chad Wright episode that you sent me on your, on your podcast? Is that, is that who it was? The, um, the which episode? You sent me a couple of episodes. You, you sent me, so, so recommend, recommend the, the best episode in your podcast to get to know you. The best podcast episode to get to know me I would say is there's one episode my one I did a solo in like December like first week of December and it was called Daniel and the secret said behind that is Daniel is my middle name but it's also the name of my avatar for my podcast so it's my perfect listener but I am my perfect listener five years ago and so that if you want a little bit get to know me about where I came from that episode also the introduction episode in the podcast I kind of deep dive into a short version of my life it's only like seven minutes, so it's not too long to listen to. But that introduction, that Daniel episode, or Meet Daniel is what it's called. Since There's a couple other episodes that I've done in this Fatherhood Friday that would be a little bit more. Like even just recently, the one that I'm really excited for, kind of like brings all my personality into is the Frozen episode. So I dissected Frozen and Frozen 2 and how every person has a version of Elsa that they're going through and their different stages of stepping into your power. And so if you like those movies or if you've seen them a thousand times and you just want to see maybe a different perspective next time you have to sit through it, those episodes could be a good, wild, worthwhile to listen to as well. Nice. And what's the best interview that you have on there? The best interview I have on there, I would say, is John Macasill, Surviving Survivor Guild. Yeah, that's the one. John Macasill. That's the one that I listened to. I was like, oh, my God, this is like psych- child psychology plus leadership plus like battle stories. Really cool, man. Cool. Awesome. Every- Every podcast episode, it goes in a different direction. I, I don't spend a lot of time prepping. I've just kind of stepped into the power of being an interviewer and just looking for those threads to start pulling. And that, that's where some of the best stories come from. So it's, it's always interesting because every podcast episode goes in a direction that I wasn't planning on. I feel you, bro. Kind of like this one right now. So last, <laughs> last question, where do you find community? I find community and connection with other dads. So when, when there's something... Men and women have both lived life in in tribes for millennia. In the last 200, we really haven't that. So for me, I find community with really anybody that's on a similar journey. And fatherhood is one that I connect with because I am a dad. It's often one that's the loneliest because you have so much going on that you don't actually feel like you can have community. So whenever you do or when I show up to that point, there's just something about dads trying to improve themselves because as they improve themselves, their kids will also see that improvement and take on that idea. It's probably the legacy that I talk about my podcast. So for me, I find community and connection with just talking to other dads. I used to have a calendar link on my commute from work and talking to a dad on the way home from work was my favorite thing to do. Like I would come home and be a better dad because I talked to one before I got home and it just gets you excited about who you are. And so like getting that resonance frequency and getting your energy more excited more often is just you can't you can't replace it with anything else dude i love that move man the calendly link to plan conversations on the way home right like for, for me i do that on road trips so whenever i'm like driving to a conference or i'm on a road trip all i'm doing is calling people and, and just catching up and, and such a good way to like spend time and 
and open up the brain and to do it deliberately like that, man. Ben, I want to thank you, man. I want to, I, I, I want to acknowledge you for just being this guy that shows up so genuinely, so vulnerably, so likable. It's really, really easy to feel close to you. And we've only interacted a couple of different times, man. I think that's a really wonderful quality. And I think the stuff that you're doing, like I said, I'm not in your target demographic, but I, but I, but I see it and I see so much tangible value in you giving that perspective to military veterans, dads, some, some of the people that need this stuff the most and helping families get together and, and really affecting that next generation, right? Like it's not just about the dad, it's about mm -hmm. your children and how they're going to grow up, man. You're really making the world a better place. And I really respect you for it, man. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you, Pablo, for saying hello back. And I love our conversation and friendship as it grows and i'm excited for the next time and hopefully a pod, podcast movement happens and you forgot to add that i also you mentioned a little bit but the, the idea that a marine is likable nice and give good hugs is like the, the sentence that actually doesn't belong together but that's exactly who i am so i'm excited to give you a big hug again because i'm more excited for our friendship and uh, what we've created together love it buddy see you soon i hope you enjoyed that conversation right there as much as i did listen Connect with Pablo is a content marketing community creation agency. The bottom line is that if you can start creating content that can give value to your customers or audience while creating strategic relationships through it, you can have a content machine that allows you to tell the story of your business through the value you are creating while gathering people together. If you're curious about that or know someone who could be, please shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com or hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn through the profiles tagged in the show notes. If you just want a quick pick me up and some tactical advice right before walking into a room full of strangers, go to connectwithpablo.com, watch the five minute video about how to walk into a room and not feel like you're all alone and or download the little cheat sheet on how to do just that. I have a lot of my friends that I've done networking with me for a long time tell me that they love watching that thing and carrying it around when they're walking into a networking event or they're walking into a conference or sometimes even if you're just walking into a wedding and you don't know anybody, right? It has a lot of use for it. I invite you to check it out if you need it. I really hope you stick around, connect with me and start leaning into finding value in others and feeling like you have value to give yourself. It'll make the world a better place. I promise. Until the next episode, I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector.